Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 9, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 45, the first full paragraph that begins, Lack of Power, That Was Our Dilemma. Today's readers are Dana B. on the 12 Steps, Liz S. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Janice M., Penny C., and Sally A. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, Tuesday, April 8th, is 6155. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, <coughs> excuse me, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message <clears throat> to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dana B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Dana B. from Colorado. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, <clears throat> humbly asked him <clears throat> excuse me, to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Donna. Dana. Donna, I'm sorry. Thank you, Donna B. And Liz S., would you read the 12 traditions for us? 
Press star one, Liz. Kathy Kay, this is Melanie. I can do that. Okay, great. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C. Calling in from Oregon today, recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name not ever be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, or other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thank you, Melanie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book on page 45, the first full paragraph that begins, lack of power, that was our dilemma. We'll read two paragraphs and focus our sharing on the second paragraph. And I will ask Janice M. to get us started. Thank you, Janice. Well, thank you, Kathy, and thank everybody for being here. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. 
Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Um, That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when... I'm sorry, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had nearly evaded or entirely ignored. Oh, what a privilege to read this. Lack of power, I'm just going to review this because it's, it's not lack of knowledge, it's lack of power, and it says, was our was is the past of our is these agnostics and atheists you know and so they end up with the question okay it's obvious but where where are we going to find and how are we going to find this power not the knowledge but the power and that's and here is the answer well that's exactly this is the answer for me that's exactly what this book is all about See, the goal of this book, the first 164 pages, thank you, God, I found it. The object is to enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem. And that tells me that, you know, there's going to be a method, there's going to be a way that I'm going to find this power. And how am I going to do it? Well, this book, this plan is going to tell us in a few pages, but... The point here that I want to make is that we're not going to solve the problem once we find the power. The power is going to solve the problem. It's, the power is going to enable us. It's going to empower us. It's going to give us an opportunity because God, my God, my higher power, whom I choose to call God, is going to do for me what I can never do for myself, and I will continue not to do it for myself. I have to find that power which will solve my problem. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that the result? That's the result. I was always trying methods, you know, get this pill, do this do this plan. Um, could never do it on my own with my own knowledge. I, I didn't have that power. I was powerless. So we're really talking about all about powerless here. We're not talking about fool. We're talking about powerless because this is a spiritual program. That's the, the malady that, that I was missing. And, um, of course, it goes on, you know, oh, as soon as you say the word God, everybody goes, oh, no, oh, no, you know, I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. Don't tell me about God. Um, but don't worry about it. You know, it, you know this is, it will come to us. Uh, we thought, I know that I thought that, oh, I evaded that question. I, you know, I know about it, but don't tell me about it. So this book, these first 164 pages, is going to allow us to find the power, and that power is, a na- is going to 
solve my problem. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Who would like to share on the second paragraph we just read? Kim. Karen U. Kim, and then Karen U. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Where and how are we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power which a power that you're in yourself which will solve your problem. So they've spent a lot of time telling us what our problem is. This allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. And that's exactly what this book is about. And I have to think about all my years in OA, was I really exact in these 12 steps or was I just doing them with the yeah but? I'll do this, yeah but I won't do that. Maybe I wasn't getting the results. Maybe I wasn't solving my problem because I wasn't working the steps exactly as they're laid out in this book. You know, when I like to think of a recipe, I can go to someone's house and they can have the best brownies and I can ask them for that recipe. But if I come home and I decide that I'm going to put the oven at a different temperature or if I like it extra sweet so I'm going to put more sugar in it and I don't want to put as much baking soda in it or I ran out of eggs so I'm not going to put any eggs in it. If I bake them, I probably will get brownies. But am I going to get the brownies that I was hoping to get because I didn't follow the recipe exactly? Absolutely. I'm going to get something like a brownie, but I'm not going to get the brownie that I wanted. And I had to realize that's what I was doing in Overeaters Anonymous. I wasn't doing exactly the 12 steps. Now, some of that was my self-will, and some of that was I was taught incorrectly. But whatever that combination was, it was real relief to me to know after years of struggling in and out of the food that I had a solution that I hadn't tried yet. You know, we often hear in, in the rooms, take what you want and leave the rest. And what that was put for was people's opinions. I don't need to take anyone's opinion. If you don't like my opinion right now, you don't have to take it. What I don't have the option of, though, is the steps. I don't have the option to take what I want and leave the rest when it comes to the clear-cut directions because I will not get the result with that. And it says the main object is to enable us to find a power greater than myself. I thought the main object was for me to lose weight. I thought the main object for me was to get control of this food addiction. And one of the things that I've come to believe is that OA treats abstinence. That's what it's treating because abstinence is so uncomfortable. How do I get comfortable being abstinent? And I get comfortable being abstinent by getting a relationship with this power. And how do I get a relationship with this power? The main object of this book is to help me get that relationship with a power. So OA does not treat food and weight because food and weight is not our problem. OA treats abstinence because abstinence is something I've never been able to do comfortably. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Karen Yu. Good morning. This is Karen Yu, a recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, you know, this whole chapter is uh, are we agnostics and, um, you know, agnostics and atheists, that's a real problem for them when you do bring up God. I mean, we just read it, and um, 
Bill knew it when he read this or wrote this. Uh, you know, and for me, because I am an agnostic atheist or somewhere in between, you know, um, that word God always, um, you know, brings different feelings to me. But anyways, you know, um, I'm grateful that I had a 12-step guide that understood that because they were also agnostic and um, pointed some things out to me that, uh, you know, um, it is a, it is a big dilemma because on page, you know we already read that it says to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. And I've met people and worked with people that they would rather die than um, uh, you, you know think that they had to rely on a, a, a God. You know, and um, I have to say to them, don't get your britches in a bunch because you know there's room for you. And, um, you know, as you read the rest of the chapter, it, it talks about um, different uh, reasons to uh, be willing to believe. And, and that's the whole point, to be willing to believe in some kind of power. You know, and I have to point out to him, you don't have to call it God. I don't have to call it God. You just have to uh, come to believe that a power greater than myself can relieve um, and restore me to sanity. You know, that's what it's all about. And I, I, you know, um, it was pointed out to me, too, back on page 12 that, you know, Bill talks about a creative intelligence, a universal mind, a spirit of, the, a spirit of nature. You know, um, uh, you could call it that. Um, you know, it, you just have to come up with some kind of power that's going to, a, great, a power greater than yourself. You know, and then it was um, pointed out to me, too, back on page XX, where it talks about, um, for me, this was real comforting, where it talks about alcohol being no respecter of persons. We are in um, accurate cross-section of America and in distant lands, and some democratic evening up process is now going on. By personal religion affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, a sprinkling of Muslims, and Buddhists. You You know, when that was pointed out to me again, that gave me some relief too because you know I thought oh all those all those religions you know they have a different um uh way that they relate to a higher power or call a higher power so so that just gave me some relief too that to know that all that mixture could still uh work this program and um and and be okay, be okay so i i just that's all i have Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Karen. You. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Well, this is Kathy Kay. I'll take a quick turn. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I can remember, um, like it was yesterday, my first OA meeting 20 years ago. And uh, I identify with the sentence, his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. I was uh, an agnostic at that point for over 40 years, and um, thank goodness somebody said, take what you want and leave the rest, because I don't think I would have come back to the second meeting had I not been uh, encouraged to do that. And I basically ignored the fact that ours is a spiritual program for many years. I focused on the food plan. I focused on the tools. 
um, the fellowship, um, and it was not until my mind became open to um, the idea of a higher power that I was able to jump through those hoops that are discussed in the 12 and 12. So I want to say to anyone who's new um, or has not found a spiritual relationship yet, um, it is possible. And for me, it took um, a lot of listening to others and also developing the willingness to at least try, at least take the action that would create the opportunity for me to experience a growing connection with a higher power. And I can say with such gratitude that today I have that vital connection with a higher power, and it continues to grow every day. Um, if, if you had told me 20 years ago that I would find this and benefit from it, I would have been very, very skeptical. So I'm very grateful to be here and to be working the steps continuously. Thank you. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Leah. Okay, Monica and then Leah. Thank you. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. And what's that? This book is a manual of in, of directions. I was I was given this information, a textbook. It's not a novel. It's a manual of di- of direction. Its main object, its aim, its purpose, its goal, is to enable you, to give you enable, to give you the means, enable, to give you the ability, enable, to give you the opportunity to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve the problem. There's the solution. A power greater than me will solve my problem. And it was also pointed out to me that in this paragraph, from this point on in the big book, we don't hear the word alcohol anymore. It's going to be about God. It's all about God from here on then. And it's about us how, how to find this power, how to find this power that's greater than us that will solve my problem. And, of course, it's going to be working the steps. And like has already been said, um, uh, the big book allows us to come up with our own definition of what this higher power is. We can name it anything we want. And that's the good thing. I can name it anything I want. Then it's mine. I have decided this. And I think that's a good place to start. But anyway, the solution. They're going to tell us how to find this power. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Leah. Thank you, Kathy Kay, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. And I just wanted to focus in on that word solve for a moment. You know, just a reminder that your title page of the big book uh, opens up with how many thousands of men and women have recovered 
from alcoholism. Yes, the program of recovery solves our problem, solves our problem. Uh, You know, it has driven out the obsession of my mind, (laughs) Uh, you know, lifted it out. And um, the program of recovery works. I mean, this text was penned in 1939. It has been left untouched. The first 164 pages have been left untouched. Why is that? What other book do you know of uh, that is left untouched like that? Um, You know, when people explore new avenues and expand on a particular topic or subject matter, new material is written to update folks on that material, um, update folks on that topic or subject matter, but not the program of recovery. The program of recovery has been left untouched because the results um, can't be, uh, are not on trial. It will solve my problem, and it has. That's exactly what this book is about. That's exactly the main object of this book, is to talk about one thing and one thing only. For those of us, maybe you're like myself, uh, who are powerless, how do you find that power? And if we can find the power, then the power will solve the problem. So the... uh, the journey of this book, the 12 steps, the essence of the 12 steps is that the steps remove the things that block us from the higher power deep down within us. As soon as that block is removed, we have contact with that higher power. And as soon as we have contact with that higher power, we become sane. And becoming sane means that we no longer want to return to the foods and the eating behaviors that create uh, those cravings. And we will see, you know, that uh, the obsession of the mind through the application of the steps is driven out. It's expelled. You know, we're safe and protected. We're not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. And that's the experience of the men and women uh, who pen these pages. And that certainly can be the experience for those on the line who want to have uh, this recovery. It is available if we follow the directions. Absolutely 100% available. Rarely have we seen a person fail that has thoroughly followed our path. So I just want to offer, just like the big book offers here, a message of hope and salvation. That yes, we suffer from a spiritual malady. That is true. But having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we can have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And your problem can be solved. The question is, how free do you want to be? The question is, do you want to follow these directions as precisely and clearly offered here in, in this text so that your problem can be solved too? How free do you want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Is there anyone else who wants to share on this paragraph before we move on? Larry? Go ahead, Larry. Good morning, Cassie. Uh, thanks for your service. Larry, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. 
I guess what I'll focus in on is um, <clears throat> is the back end of this uh, this paragraph, you know, because that's where I identify with early on in program. You know, it talks many times we talk to the new man. They they talk to me. Um, I came into the rooms and. You know, we watch his hope rise um, as we discuss his alcoholic problem. <laughs> Listen, anyone that was going to talk about my problem, I'm listening, you know. Um, that's why I tried so many things, right? Um, I was miserable. And they explained the fellowship. Wow, there's other people that identify in. There's other people that are talking like me that have, <clears throat> you know, have my problem. Oh, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters. Okay, that's where you lost me, folks, um, especially when we mention God. The word God for me for the longest time was just, um, it was the God of my, of my childhood. It was a punishing God. It was a, a God that, frankly, don't tell me, but, I, but I, I had no proof that this God exists. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, this God, I, I don't see this God. I can... You know, I, I, I don't, uh, I can't, this God has not come down from on high and sat down at a table and, you know, and, and told me what to eat, you know. So, you know, you're reopening a subject uh, for which I thought I had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. And this is this is the crux of the problem for me because in step two it says, you know, came to believe, came didn't believe, but came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I didn't think that this God, if if one existed at all, is going to restore sanity. One, I'm not insane. You know. Um, Two, you know, even if I was insane, what what does this God have to do with any of this? I don't even know that this God exists. You know, so this was the problem for me. And thank goodness I, I came to believe over time a lot of misery for me because the problem is is that if we avoid and evade this spiritual matter based on my experience in the experience of many others, you will not take these steps, not the action steps. You'll come to these meetings because these meetings are like the food that we ate. They make us feel a little bit better. But they will not, they will not remove the obsession of the mind. They will not um, restore you to sanity. You know, I did a lot of things that made me feel better. I'd come to meetings. Uh, listen, I went to Weight Watchers meetings, too. That made me feel better, too. There were some, you know, other people in fellowship. My point is, it's a great program, but it did not, it did not remove my problem. It did not, not remove the obsession of mind. And so I was not willing to, uh, to take these action steps, a searching and fearless moral inventory, what in the hell does that have to do with my problem? You know, admitting to God, the, oh, you mean the, the one that I'm not even sure about? You know, about the exact nature of my wrongs, and, you know, um, and then I'm going to be ready for this, this God to remove these defects of character? See, the point was is, thank goodness that I just went through this process, and through this process, Something happened to me, and I trusted in the process, even though I knew it wasn't going to work for me, you see. I knew it wasn't going to work for me, but I trusted in the process, and something happened to me. You know, Mr. Smarty Pants here with all his degrees and all his stuff, you know, something happened to me that I couldn't explain that defied science, but nonetheless it happened to me. 
So I, I avoided years and years and years. There's probably someone on the line years and years, and they're still struggling. I'm not struggling anymore. I'm not struggling anymore. Thank God. You know, and I came to believe. Thank goodness that I found Alcoholics Anonymous and, and the great people that have that have shared this this uh, you know this message with me. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Um, <clears throat> Penny C, would you read the next paragraph for us? Good morning. It is Penny C, recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him, which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We looked upon this world of wearing individual, warring individuals, warring theological systems, an inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet, in other moments, we found ourselves thinking, when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. This is, this is a remarkable paragraph, as, as I guess all of them are. This whole idea of um, the, the knowing how... This fellow felt the fellow who was so seemed so interested in the program as long as those alcoholics who visited him were telling him about what they knew about alcoholism and he was relating to that. But as soon as they mentioned spirituality or God, his face fell. And they're saying we, we know how he feels. Because some of them, some of those first recovered alcoholics, have shared this kind of attitude. And, and it, I like when it talks about perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. For me, that's exactly what, what happened to me. It isn't that I found a new God. God, for me is and always will be the same. It's that my conception of God changed when I came to 12-step programs and I began to read the big book and saw that I could have my own conception. That was brand new to me. I was taught that I needed to have the same attitude and ideas about a higher power that were drilled into me in my religious education classes and that that's how it was and that yes that I was to do and and be just what 
that God wanted to me wanted me to, to do and be and think, or I I was damned. And so I came and, and I began to began to not like that con- conception so much. But when I came and heard in those in, in Bill's story, why don't you find your own conception of God? It began right then that I could think of my God as a loving parent who wants the best for me, wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. I will say that there was a little inkling in me when I heard of spirituality and God in the program that I, I, I had that little bit of fear that are these people going to try to give me their God? Are they going to try to to take away any notion I have of mine and, and impose on me what they believe? And that wasn't the case at all. This This... 12-step program freed me, freed me to be the person that I wanted to be and my higher power to be the person or the the power that I wanted and needed it to be. So I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. Who would like to share on this? This is Joan. Karen? Okay, I heard Joan and then Karen. And Sarah. And Sarah. Great. Okay. Go ahead, Joan. Thank you, uh, and thank you to everybody on the line. Um, this paragraph really speaks to me and, I guess, many of us. You know, I feel like, you know, I feel like in a way that where I might not have faith in a power, the steps are actually where I am putting my faith at this moment. Because um, I listen to all of you on the line every day, and I realize that there is a way. I've always believed that there is a God. I just didn't trust that God, you know, and I'm beginning to see that it's like a Joan is a big hunk of stone and little by little, you know, God is chiseling through the work of and the action in this program, the steps. And um, I just have immense gratitude for each of you on the line, and I wanted to express that today. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. Um, Karen, go ahead. Hi. Hi, I'm Karen, a recovered compulsive reader, Karen T. from Delaware. And I wanted to um, talk about this sentence. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. And that's how I was brought up, um, that you get yourself, you use your own bootstraps to pull yourself up out of the mud. And if you don't have bootstraps, you make your own bootstraps with your own ingenuity. And then you use those bootstraps, and it's up to you to pull yourself out of the mud. Um, and uh, it says that, in, that, that we were bothered with that thought. Um, and because at this point in the book, you know, we've come to know that we have to have a spiritual experience to recover. We have to have a spiritual experience if we want to stay abstinent. And so here I was trying to have a spiritual experience and come to believe in a power greater than myself that can solve my problem. But this was this thought was a bother. This thought was somehow holding me back. And it was my thought. I didn't want to let go of it. That's what I was brought up with. 
you know, do I have to reject my upbringing? And, um, you know, the other sentence that I was told over and over again is that religion is the opium of the masses. I don't know if other people heard that, but that if you uh, had religion, you were somehow um, weak-willed and um, cowardly and unable to advocate for yourself. So that I had to give up that. I had to give up that. Um, that was so hard. But then I, you know, we have to go back to the. This food is killing me, and I have to find a spiritual experience, and I have to solve this problem. So I had to become open-minded about maybe that this cherished belief of mine about the um, weak and cowardly people who were dependent upon power. Maybe that wasn't true. Maybe they had something that I needed and wanted. And maybe if I could just keep an open mind and be willing that it could all get reconciled. And it was. I no longer think that people who uh, you know, are weak and cowardly, I believe that it's a way of strength and courage. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Sarah, go ahead, please. Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah W., and I'm from Iowa, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you, Kathy, for your service. Uh, you know, the second step is my very favorite step, and I think it's because um, the idea of being restored to sanity is something that's quite um, uh, attractive to me. <laughs> Since I really feel like I really, when I look back, the way I have behaved not only around food but around other things, uh, you know, my life was completely insane, and can be when I when I lose that contact again. You know, really, that's the truth. Uh, but I, I, you know, when it says we know how we feel, I do, and I, I believe, um, you know, it says his honest doubt and prejudice. I think for me, I always had some sense that there was something greater than myself, but, you know, I was given a lot of religion and religious training, but I wasn't really given the idea that, you know, God could really be there for me and was with me. And um, I think I always wanted that. I think I always wanted that, you know, as a child. But, um, you know, then the idea came into my head that, you know, with all the sad things that go on in the world and, um, and with with the fact that so many things had happened to me during my childhood and, and my upbringing, where was God during that? So I had a, a real lack of trust. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the idea that, um, you know, as Penny was talking about, um, you know, in Bill's story where it talks about, where Ebby, which was really the pioneer of the of the second step, if you want to say that, said you could make up your own conception of God. You know, that's what he told Bill. And it was like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like the you know, the light went on in Bill's head and it was like he was able to finally let go. And I just wanted to reread that last part in this paragraph that was so beautiful. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments we found ourselves thinking, when enchanted by a starlit night, who, who then made all this? 
and there was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. And I think if we really, you know, take a moment and thank God our program directs us to do this, to be present to the day, to be present to the moment, truly present, we will find God in that moment. If we're in yesterday or if we're in tomorrow, it's hard to find where God really is. But in this moment, if I'm really present to it, God is all around me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you again, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. Monica, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Prejudice, his old ideas. We know how he feels, and it says we, and all that. Again, it's not one person saying to me here, I know how you feel. Yeah, right. It's a hundred people who have come together and a hundred percent agreed on what is in this book know how I, how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudices, his old ideas. I like how this paragraph is bringing out these old ideas, is bringing out these these ideas into the light, you know? Wow, hey, some of us were violently anti-religious. Others, you know, the word God, really, boy, made the old hair stand up on the back of my neck. And how we rejected these ideas. We didn't like these things, you know? We didn't like this some of the things that we would taught and and given in our childhoods or whatever. It didn't seem very nice to me. Uh didn't seem like much fun to me either. And I also like the thought that uh, with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak. You know, yeah, I related to that. I was a strong woman. I had I had raised myself from the age of 10, and no one else was going to do anything for me, and I learned to do it for myself. Thank you very much, and I was very um, good at everything I tried to do, <laughs> except the food and the eating. But everything else uh, was, uh, you know, I'm strong. I'm strong. I, I can do this. I I can do this myself. And I'm also from New England blood where, yeah, you do it yourself. We don't need anybody else. Thank you very much. I got it here. But on the other side of the coin was, how was that working for you, Monica? Well, you know what? I came into these rooms and I came here and I was beaten. I was I was scared to death and I was beaten. Monica's way was not working. And... And these 100 and the recovered people around me said, we know how you feel. We've been there too. And they had something about them that I wanted. They had recovery in their voices. They had recovery in what they look like. They had recovery in the twinkle in their eyes and the smiles on their faces and the peace about them. And I said, you know what? I want this. I'm willing to change my old ideas, my prejudices. And that's what this whole chapter is about, is to get us to try to change our old ideas, to just even allow the possibility of new ideas to come in so that we can look at this differently, so that we can find this power greater than us that can solve our problems. Thank you, God. I was willing to do the work. And um, it works. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Monica. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Lois? Go ahead, Lois. 
Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Lois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts, and um, this is such a powerful uh, chapter and paragraphs. Uh, when, when I first heard this, you know, that um, one of the requirements were I had to develop, they suggested, I had to develop a power greater than myself, and I could come up with my own concept. Well, that was very hard for me, first of all, because I, I always thought everybody was greater than me. You know, I came in, you know, thinking that you all knew how to do things, uh, every, you know, and, and I was always uh, asking, you know, how do I do this? I never trusted anything about the way I thought or the way I could do things. And, and you know, so it was, it was puzzling for me. So I had, a, I had a stay there, which I did. I kept the best thing I ever did in this program was keep coming. And I, I heard them say, you know, little, little, little phrases were helpful to me. Um, I came, I came to, and I came to believe. And they, they, you know, they repeated that over and over again, or I repeated it over and over again. And, and I, I was driven here, there, to this program because the way I was working things did not work for me anymore. You know, the only thing it brought me was continual pain. And it wasn't because I, too, was a strong woman. I mean, it's, it sounds very, it's like a paradox. I say I was strong, and yet I didn't know anything. And that was the truth, you know. But I was, I was able to force my will upon a lot of things in my life. And I had a lot of willpower, except as far as the food goes. And so, you know, I, I listened, and I came, and I came to believe. And the power greater than myself, I learned in, in this chapter, it, we agnostics, that, you know, it was, I did not have the correct information about uh, finding a, my own concept of God. And because I continued to come and I continued to, uh, the disease taught me, first of all, the disease taught me to keep coming because I didn't, I couldn't, I needed relief and I couldn't make it happen for myself. So when things got bad enough, I was willing to look at other other ways and um and little by little you know like the book says you know just to open the door of willingness just a bit you know um god will you know let me let me know that i did believe that he cares about me you taught i heard that i heard you people say that and if i just open the door of willingness a little bit that he can do the rest and because i the food drove me here i had enough pain to set aside all my old ideas because they never worked anymore for me and and that that the uh, concept of God begin to become more clear to me, and um, it has ever since. And I, my my recovery plan now is I just work daily to improve my conscious contact with God, and I do that willingly and lovingly. Thank you very much, and I'm going to pass. Thank you, Lois. Uh, we have time for one more share. Would somebody like to share? Oh. Hello, this is Rachel from Jerusalem. Go ahead, Rachel. Hello, hello. And and again, whom, who is leading this time? I've been listening, but I, I didn't catch on. It's uh, Kathy Kay. Hi, Kathy Kay. Thank you for your service. As you learned to say, like all the polite people online here, thank you for your service. And thank you, everybody who is on the line. And, and you know, every time there's, a, there's another... Um, a paragraph that I really want to uh, this is it, I want to scream this is the heart of the matter and there are so many of them but this now, this morning really is 
to enable to find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem, all my problems, like the doctor and the addict says in the acceptance uh, chapter, all my problems, and, and how I, I, my goodness, I'm a Bible teacher. I could not think that God really cares about me. He had, I always believed in him, you know, that whenever I'll have to cross the Red Sea, uh, he's going to be there, but in a collective way, uh, but, and, and to all mankind, he's got the whole world in, in his hands, but that me, I, I, I had the concept of, of God of a rejecting parent, because that's what I experienced, you know, that he's going to say, and he's saying, it's a matter of fact all the time, you know what, uh, Rachel, I, I think I gave you enough with it all. Just go, go do it. You know, don't bother me. And it took really, like it says, being mangled enough, such as to wake up one morning with vertigo and not being able to go to the bathroom, uh, being afraid I'm going to break my head on, on the side of the bathtub or the radiator. And all of a sudden it broke out of me, calling on him, with the name that I used to call my dad, who really came back from the war and found me like he didn't even know my mother was pregnant when, when he was taken away. And he survived, and he came home, and he found me, this new little child, this four-year-old, and he accepted me like a little gift-wrapped uh, gift with a, with a ribbon. And then he disappeared again, but that stayed with me, you know, and all of a sudden, in finding myself in that horrible situation, I called upon him, and in my mother tongue, in Hungarian, and something happened. I found the God of my understanding. It's what was in my father's eyes when he was happy that I am. And since then, it's just like months ago, uh, it's like I, I found the God of my understanding. And I think it comes to every one of us in a very personal, individual way, and I'm very grateful that uh, I experienced this while being five years abstinent and somewhat of recovery with all of you. And my feeling of gratitude has no end. So the God of my understanding and that I found him and, uh, and it's just an incredible experience. And I wish it for everyone and just hang in there, the new people, just hang in there with us all holding hands around the globe from all countries and all cultures because this is universal. And I thank you so much, all of you, and have a God-blessed day, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. It is now time to close our meeting today. Um, I want to thank everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 and follow that with the serenity prayer. Um, Sally A., will you please read A Vision for You on page 164? Yes. Uh, thanks, Kathy. Thank you for your service. It's Sally from uh, South Jersey Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. 
the answers will come. If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and the countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.